Hey you, come here. I want to tell you something. Do you ever want to be who they want a podcast? Then all you need is Anchor. It's the easiest way to start, and it's free. It has access to tools right at your fingertips. Plus, Anchor does the distribution work for you. You heard me, for you. So all you have to do is download, record, and upload. That's simple. Join anchor.fm today and get to podcasting. Mwah. You're now tuning into the Who They Want podcast show. The show that does everything they don't. Real talk with real people. Let's go. Mwah. Good evening, good evening, podcast land. As you know, this is the internationally known Who They Want podcast show. And today I bring you a very special, exclusive interview with one of my hometown heroes, representing for Quincy, Florida. You already know how we do. She is a best-selling author of Saving Hope. You can purchase her book on Amazon. And surprisingly, it is number 44 on the new release best-selling list. So it's an exclusive. You definitely got to check it out. It's a great read, and we're here to discuss more about it. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the author, Lakeisha Lewis. How you doing, lady? I am good. How are you? How are you? Hello, everyone. I'm <laughs> great. I'm great, love. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is definitely an honor, and I do thank you so much for um extending the opportunity for me oh you're very welcome love i'm always looking to help expand the inspiring book of people that's out there trying to make a difference and doing something positive in the community especially in the african-american department of trying to change the culture with everything we've been going through even today still so to see you create a book to help people escape this reality is just amazing Exactly, exactly. And um, I actually, in the book, there's a lot of things that's going on right now in the world. It, it's actually in this book. That's why it's called Trials of Life, because honestly, it starts with the spark of a conversation. If you have that simple conversation, a lot of things would change. But a lot of times people don't realize that. And that's why they, they avoid the conversations. And that's why we tend to go through a lot of the things that we're going through. So, yeah, definitely in here, it's still saving hope. We, we still got hope out there. We just got to still hold on and pray. Most definitely, because I was reading the synopsis of it, and it starts off with the young teenager just getting overhearing a conversation and just deciding, <laughs> okay, this is my breakaway. I'm done. I don't want the life that y'all just going to sit here and try to prophesize over me. I'm going to go out and create my own lane. So when I saw that, I was like, that's kind of like me or anybody. Like you wake up one day and just decide, 
look, I'm out of had enough with you telling me how I'm going to make my life become better or worse, or however you want to put me. I just want to get out and explore it for myself. So I love that whole introduction on that. Yeah, and it actually came from um, something that my grandmother used to tell us when I was young. She'll be like, um, we'll just come in the house and we'll be there caught the tail end of the conversation. So you don't know what the whole thing was about or the argument or whatever it was. You don't know what it's about. And you catch the tail end of it and now you've drawn your own conclusions. And that's basically what Jaslyn, the main character in the book, did. She caught the tail end of a conversation between her mom and her dad and now, instead of waiting it out, you know, or asking questions to get some type of clarity, she goes and now she's thinking everything is a lie. So now she doesn't know what to believe. Wow. That's pretty much growing up as a kid. That's every kid's mentality. We walked into those conversations. As you know, where we from, they, my grandma call it grown folks conversations. Yep. Those were what you were not allowed to hear. And yep. you walk in on them and then you back there telling your, your relatives or your, your siblings like, hey, this conversation I overheard in the living room, something going on, but ain't nobody going to tell it because you were a kid. So again, as you said in the book, the character drawing his own conclusion is pretty much how in reality we also would do as well. Mm -hmm. It actually is. But the more like you get into it, you're going to also understand that as parents, you know, um, you tend to want to do what you feel is best for your child. There is no handbook for it, you know, for being a parent, a mother or a father. So you tend to do what you feel is best for your child. But sometimes you have to realize that you're not always just protecting your child, you could be harming your child just by protecting them. Mm. And that's what I feel like Mia and Dexter, which is the mom and the father in the book, were doing. They were trying to protect Jaslyn by not telling her the truth. But honestly, it kind of like harmed her in a way. Because now she's going to figure out the truth anyway. But she's going to do it the hard way because she's going to do it her way because now she thinks that oh, whatever conversation she walked in on, she's like, wait, so what else did they say that may not be true? You see what I'm saying? So again, it's no right or wrong way to parent your child, but sometimes you got to be mindful of how much protecting am I doing? Is it causing harm or good? That's beautiful insight. You were absolutely right about that. And especially I think culturally how everybody's drawn into music as opposed to the reading side. So we look at the role modelism, you know, capitalizing on where do you lead our children today as far as role models go? Cause we all want to, you know, be like Mike or we want to be like Beyonce or somebody. So to create a world of saying, let's bring mom and dad back at the forefront and say, these are, you know, where role models originated from, but mm -hmm. we took our eye off the pride on. So that's just great. And I love your book and I love what you're doing. So my question is, what made you decide to become an author? Well, actually I've been writing since I was like 11 years old. Um, I've always loved words. I love to read the dictionary. I like 
learning new words. So as a kid, my grandmother was like, oh, she's good with me. I can get some easy stuff for her. She'll give me an encyclopedia, things like that, because I love to read. I love to read. Um, so I've been writing since I was 11 years old, um, but I never took it anywhere. I always knew that I wanted to write books. I always knew that I wanted to be a best-selling author. But at that time, it's like, okay, you're writing, but no one really got, my grandmother always supported it, but she didn't know how to push it, you know? Because like you said, nowadays, the heroes were be a teacher, be a doctor, or things like that for your kids. So if your kid is saying, I want to be a writer, you're like, uh, I don't know how to push that. So my grandmother just encouraged me to keep writing. Um, and I did. But I think um, when I did like Jasmine, I went my own way. So when I went my own way, I hit a whole bunch of bumps in the road and some lessons I had to learn. And when I got my relationship back with God, he brought it right back. Because the one thing I know about God, he never takes anything from us. You know, yeah. it's just temporarily on hold. So he gave me that vision and that dream back. And he said, it's still yours if you want. So that's why I say with this book, it is Holy Ghost inspired. Because I couldn't just pick up the pen and just write this. He had to take me through some things to make me research some things to be able to get to this book. And now two more books to come. But that's what it is. Sometimes it was just temporary on hold, but I've been wanting to write since I was a kid. So I, I love it. That's, that's what I say to see somebody, especially coming from Quincy, Florida, and get engaged into the writing process. It's, uh -huh. To me, it's very inspiring, even as a podcaster, because even in podcasts, I'm doing the same thing. You're kind of telling stories uh -huh. to people or uh, creating people that, you know, introduce a storyline to them. So when I saw you promoting the book and, you know, speaking, I was like, somebody from my city wrote a book and got it published. And then I see you doing your first book signing, you know, this thing, just promoting on social media. I was like, I got to have her come sit on the show and just discuss this moment. I know the nervousness and the shyness was going to immediately be there. Oh, yeah. But you got to get used <laughs> to the celebrityness now. You're a celebrity in the book realm now. Like, you got a bestseller, literally. Thank you. And, and I appreciate that. And that's the exact same way, like, my first book signing, of course, yeah, I'm definitely nervous. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do. But again, everybody kept reminding me of what I should have already known in myself. Just let God do what God do, because he got you. Um, so this go around for my second book signing. I'm actually going back home. I, I live here in Atlanta, but I'm going back home because that's where my book is centered. It's centered in Quincy and Tallahassee, um, because at the time I was writing it, that's all I really knew. Um, so just like you said, I want to build with this book, not just for myself, but we're getting ready to do another book signing. I want to do it like a pop-up extravaganza okay. because I want to promote other small businesses in our area. You know, I want to promote that as well, because a lot of times if you don't bring awareness or if you just want to stay stingy or keep it to yourself, that's not actually doing us any good. So for me, I feel like, you know, 
it was a blessing for me. It's a blessing to have the support that I have. So I still have to give back as well. So that's where I'm seeing things, you know, when it comes. So I futurely, I will definitely be in Florida next month. Um, definitely giving back. Giving back because you have to. You have to. It starts with us. Absolutely. And I think some of us have taken our eye off the prize of that because everybody's gotten, if it's not for financial gain for myself, that selfishness, like you spoke of, immediately hit with, why I got to promote this? They ain't never did nothing for me. You know, it's not about picking who's doing something. It's like you said, if God put you in a situation where I'm going to take your hand and I'm going to become the author and you just put down these words. And like you said, our story just continued on, even when you probably weren't even in, in the right state of mind for writing, but the spirit led you to continue and give a phenomenal story. But you got to think, trying to, now you're trying to establish, okay, look, I want my people to come together and unify. Mm-hmm. And it's not even to even continue glorifying the book, even though that's the main purpose is to continue with the book, right? And give some of the locals a chance to meet and greet and, you know, get mm-hmm. a signed copy of the book. But it's all about promoting that awareness of, hey, you can start with a dream yourself, put a little faith behind it. All it says, faith of the mustard seed, and you can be where I am. I'm trying to help you get up and brush your shoulders off. Exactly. We all got stories in Quincy, Florida. I'm trying oh, to God. Yes, we do. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Yes, we do. My sister has this saying. Um, that she continues to say to me, when one win, we all win. So just because the spotlight may not be on me, it may be on you, we still win, we win it. But that's as long as you keep that mindset. It's not always about you. You know, when God says that your cup is going to overflow, guess what? It's going to flow out to, I want mine to flow out to others as well. So I just keep that mindset. Awesome. So what are some of the biggest challenges you think you've had to face or maybe, you know, trying to get through to continue just guiding forward with this project? Um, I definitely won't say writer's block because I didn't have writer's block. I can honestly say I did not really have writer's block. If I wasn't aligned, he wasn't going to give it to me. So ain't no need of trying to do it on my own. Um, then there was a second challenge was when it was time to get it published. Um, maybe 10 years ago when I started it, I met this awesome woman named Melinda Michelle. I read her books and I'm like, this is what my book is going in that era. So I'm like, wow, I loved her stuff. And I ended up getting a chance to meet her. She's actually locally from our area as well. And she was like, you're writing a book. And she was like, well, God told me that I was going to help somebody publish a book. Now, mind you, this is 10 years ago. Okay. So here I am now finally home. I typed it up. The manuscript is done. It's ready. I actually had several offers to buy my book. Several publishing companies wanted to actually buy it um, because of the fact it's a Christian fiction. And they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll pay you for it. And of course, you know, you'd be thinking, hey, I need that extra money. But the challenge for me was, no, invest in yourself. So when Melinda gave me the opportunity to publish through her um, publishing company, I was like, 
I got to pay this out of pocket. Yeah, you do. Because who better to believe in you than you? Sometimes you got to sacrifice and believe in yourself. And now look where it come down to it. Like now those publishing companies, I didn't even realize what all I was giving up by allowing them to just give me a little check in the beginning. You know, I was giving up all my rights and I did not know that. I was giving up all creative control and I did not know that, you know, just by selling off. So I'm glad that I had that hurdle where I had to sit down and think and I'm glad I made the choice that I did, which was to go through GMME and get my book published because I had 100% creative control in everything of the book. And a lot of you probably look at the, the cover of the book, but there's a reason that this butterfly is actually in the cage. Okay. And as you read through the book, <laughs> you're going to learn why this butterfly is in this cage. Okay, I love that. I love that. That's creative thinking. And just paying attention to it, I would have never thought the significance of that. You kind of take me back to young Maya Angelou with the I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. So mm -hmm. they have a cage butterfly. Hmm. Definitely got more intel. It does. And the more you get in the book, because I tell everyone when I first started, I told everybody, please, 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 if you got my phone number or you can call me or DM don't do it until after chapter seven. Nobody ever listens to me because everybody has been calling me when they got to chapter two, chapter five. They're, I was like, wait to get to seven. You gotta get to seven first. But now everybody is like pouring out so much love. Like when is book two coming? I need book two. I don't want to finish this until I know, but I'm going to keep reading. So I'm like, I like that. <laughs> I like that. But yeah. There's a significance for the butterfly. It's beautiful, right? Absolutely. It's beautiful. She's colorful, just like our people. We're beautiful. We're colorful. We're bright. But we're all in a cage. There you go. We're all yeah. in a cage. Something has us ensnared. And until you figure it out, and a lot of people still didn't figure it out either, there's no door on this cage. There's no door. Mm, more riddles in this. So how do you get out? It's God. Exactly. The only way out is God. And that's so true. And just thinking back, if you think back to, you know, our ancestors and dealing with that hardship of the slavery period in that, like, I was say, like, y'all think we free now, we're still not free. You know, we may be unshackled, but we're still enslaved because we're enslaved to brands. We're enslaved to, you know, relationships or things of that nature. Uh, it's something that's going to always tie us into holding us back from ourselves. Our biggest fear of becoming mm -hmm. successful is us holding back on us. Like you spoke of investing in, in us. A lot of us don't want to invest in us. We want it handed to us. You want to yeah. sit there and just, you know, I just wait on my million dollars to fall in my lap. No, you have to work for it. You have to grind, right. blood, sweat, tears, miss a few meals. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you might even have to go homeless if you're really chasing that dream. You have exactly. to put yourself out there to see the benefits. And then you that's how you build a closer walk with God. Because you're like, okay, Lord, I took away material things. I took away all these things of the world. 
and leaned on you and manifested my dreams and visions. And I created, you know, a blessing to be paying it forward to the next generation. As we, <laughs> we need more people like you in this world to, you know, show, hey, I was once like you and I was once this character in this book. But at the same time, that doesn't define who I am now because you learn and you grow. Some of us may get afraid. Some of us are afraid to grow. So what would you give advice to, you know, young people that's feeling as the character in the book that say, hey, I just don't know which direction to run to. What would be your advice? My advice to them would be not only trust your instinct, you know, because that's the first thing that we run from. Your first mind, so we say, is our conscience. But honestly, I feel like it's the Holy Spirit because God said when he left, he left us with the Holy Spirit. So I, we can call it whatever you want, conscious, self. Trust that instinct. And the one thing that I'm learning even today, one of my older sisters have actually instilled in me is you have to treat you the way you want people to treat you. So if you know that this is your dream, something that you're passionate about, you got to be the first one. You have to be the first one to believe it in order for others to believe it. So for someone who's striving to try to get there, don't give up. Don't give up. No matter how hard it is, don't give up. Because my grandmother always said, anything worth having is worth working for. So if I work for it, I'm going to cherish it because I did that. I did the work. But if it's easily given to me, I mean, that's why so many people disregard and take stuff for granted because it's easily got. But when you work for it, yeah, yeah, yeah you're going to cherish that. You're going to take care of it. Absolutely. That's so true. And I love it. Shout out to being family oriented and rooted and instilled with such phenomenal people because I come from that same background of humble beginnings. And still now, like, just, people think because you get older that your elders still don't have value in your life. I'm still a yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir type of guy no. in my life. <laughs> That's just how it's instilled in me. And yeah. I try to make a difference in my community. I try to tell people, because with all the recent gun violence and even cultural around the world gun violence I'm like I'm trying to make a difference because I come from a small city and our kids here have nothing to do with their lives and summer's coming back up again what are we going to do to help decrease the level of violence in our community and give them something to do but then when you try to speak on it people they try to hush hush like you don't need to know about it you know and I understand parents working harder than ever but it's still a pandemic, so a lot of us are working from home. So we need to create an environment where they don't have to be runaways. Uh, you know, hear conversations in reference to the book that says, okay, I got to get out this house. I got to pack my bag. You don't even know what that entails until, you know, you get to the end of the chapter and go, I was running for nothing. Like, when I sat down, I realized I learned a lot while running. So I'm not the same person when I return. But at the same time, that thought goes, I shouldn't have never left it. If I had sat down and just waited it out. Because a lot of us are like Christmas night. Like, you just can't wait to wake up that morning to yeah. see what gifts are there. So you sneak in trying to peek and trying to 
discover something that you just ain't meant to discover till daybreak. Yep. And I think for communities, just like you said, um, with kids, this is the thing that I noticed. Trendy is what this, this generation is on. It's what's trending. So for me, I've been actually sitting there thinking about it because I don't have any kids. Um, my daughter passed away. So I don't have any kids, but I love having kids around, you know, other people's kids. So the thing that I was thinking about is what's trending? Do you notice that these kids get on the TikTok challenges and all these other challenges? They model that because that's what people are doing, correct? Correct. So why not instill in kids like as a community, as, as a group collectively? Be like saying, hey, you got to come up with a product that you can sell this um, this summer. Because, you know, when school starts again, we're going to see if you can, you know, sell it or whatever the case may be to make your own money because now you're instilling them something to do. They don't just have to run outside. Like, I have a beautiful, she's my little cousin-in-law, but um, she surprised me because she started making lip gloss. She was like, that's what everybody's doing, but she wants to do it where it's organic and nice, you know? But this is a kid. And so she was like, well, can I come to your book signing as a vendor? And I'm like, oh, wow, this is a baby. She's like, what, 13 or 14? She's like 13 or 14. And she was like, she's going to work hard up until the event to make sure that all her products are together. And I was like, you know what? Yes, because that's what we need. That's what we need is to instill in our kids. You have an idea because they have ideas. Trust me, they got plenty of them. All the stuff we buy them, they find different ways to fix it and and zoot it up. I feel like as a community, we should celebrate that. I think Quincy should have a youth uh, summer event where kids come out and either sell their little lemonade, have lemonade stands and do it around the square. And people as a community, once we're, you know, safely coming out, social distancing, but they actually purchase from those kids. Do you know what that actually feels like to a child? Because they actually earn their own little money. That's a different feeling. I already know. And I'm thinking for Quincy, they need to do that because we used to have stuff on the square. Back when I started growing up, I ain't going to tell my age, but you know, <laughs> back then that we, my grandmother used to take us up on the square and you have fun. The community comes together. You know, people laughing and talking. It wasn't as where it is now where you're just scared to come out the house, period. Exactly. I don't know if Barbecue. I'm going to get I'm going to get COVID. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I remember we used to have the barbecues. You met one another. Exactly. I was in a grocery store waiting on grandma and mama to finish their conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm from that era where we actually yeah. well you could go, but that street light caught you, you was in trouble. Like all those eras. <laughs> oh my god. I miss and you don't days. have that anymore, but you no. could still have it. Exactly. If you just reinstill those traditional values and morals, that's what the key issue is. There's a lack of morals and values mm-hmm. to shape the community again and it's sad because they say they're losing people and then you go I didn't know my child was carrying a gun or I didn't know they was involved in this type of community of you know so-called gang related issues mm-hmm. but then I'm like all you gotta do is sit down and talk to them the problem is, is taking the time to listen to them 
it starts with a conversation, a conversation. And that's where we're, we're lacking. It don't, if right now, like back in the day, dinner, or at least Sunday dinner, you do not, these cell phones be in your hand. You can't even eat not at the front table. You in the living room eating. We're so away from tradition, things that actually work till we're lax. We're so yeah. lax. So you don't know your kids on social media. You don't even know who they're talking to on social media. Some parents do. I'm not saying all. Oh, please don't think for one second that I'm saying all. Oh, but there are a lot of parents out there who don't know because they're either working too hard trying to provide for their kids. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But we got away from the village to raise a child. Because when my grandmother had to go somewhere, we was at Canelli House or we was with Jane Davis. She made sure we was with somebody in the community and they knew they could spank us or chastise us, you know, when we're wrong. Now we've gotten, a right, we've gotten away from that. And that's right. the sad part, but we can always come back. Definitely. We can always come back. All it starts is one. That's all it takes. And I'm so adamant about it because I read a lot of social media posts and people talk about the homeless in the community. Everybody want my whole theory is everybody wants to talk to change, but who's actually putting forth the commitment to I am making this change? You know what I'm saying? Like that's even with myself. I can talk it too all day, you know, grab my microphone and preach it all day on podcast. But am I really making the effort? I hopefully somebody will listen, mate, you know. So either way it go, I'm still creating to the cause, but at the same time, it takes initiative and tracking down people and you know one of these days i'm gonna get the courage to kind of sit down with those community leaders and say hey these are the things that i've took up some complaints from my neighborhood and we sat down and discussed that i feel like need to be brought to you guys attention and how can we make changes there so that's just my theory now yeah and i i think you're actually right a lot of times people talk it and they don't walk it because of the fact there's that number one blocker for us in our life it's fear Fear that I may fail, fear that people may not um, agree with me or fear that no one will show up. I'm not gonna lie to you. I had that same fear with this book. After I had did it all was said and done and I thought I did all the posting that I could do, I actually let fear set in a little too long because I was like, I set my goal for pre-ordering a hundred books to see before my book was even released. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I, I, that was my goal, was 100. But I let fear set in because weeks and weeks had went by and I only sold like maybe what, 20 to 30 at that time. And then when I started to give up, just at that moment that I was gonna give up, something negative happened, no joke, but I didn't respond to it the way that I probably would have back in the day. Right. I just let it go. Oh, I didn't just let it go. I just, I, I rose above it. I'll say that. I rose above it. And I didn't engage in it. And do you know, and I put this on everything I love, my book sales doubled within two to three days. Because I people were like, and I didn't even realize, I would have thought they would have gravitated to the negative. You know what I'm saying? But they didn't. They was like, if the devil is fighting that hard, I need this book. And next thing you know, my book started doubling, doubling. Like right now, I keep running out. 
I keep running out. And it's because fear is our number one enemy, but a lot of us don't realize you can cure fear. You can kill it. You can win over fear. It's definitely victory over fear because God did not give us the spirit of fear. So anything God did not give us, you can win over it. There's victory over it. Right, absolutely. So is there any shout outs or anything that you would like to give before we close out this show? Yes, yes, yes. I want to give a great big shout out to my number one fan. And I know people ain't gonna like that, but my number one fan, Shalandria Renee Dixon. I want to thank Melinda Michelle, who didn't give up on me. She's more than a publisher, you guys. Look, look her up. I'll make sure I give you some information for her. But she's more than a publisher. She's a publicist. She's a woman of God. This lady is awesome. I want to thank all my family, friends, everybody who stood by me. And I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to actually, again, embark on something I've never done before. But you're right. I might as well get used to it because when God is in the business, he's going to keep a lot of first timers. Things are going to happen. But I just want to give a shout out to everybody. And thank you guys so much for supporting me and continue. Um, Look for book number two, which is Raising Hope. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure, an honor. I wish you many blessings. I'm a huge supporter. So guys, I need y'all, you know, to man up and go purchase this book. It's a great read. Let your children even read, you know, let's create that culture of reading because reading is very important. Y'all fail to realize they're already trying to close the school systems with this pandemic. So what better way to spend your summer than to teach your child to you know escape through the reading world instead of escaping through the actual world of reality or in technology world so yeah. let's influence more of that you know i love it it's been a great show ladies and gentlemen make sure you listen to us on anchor spotify iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, anywhere you want to hear it just type in who they want that's w-h-o the letter d is in dog e-y want podcast And ladies and gentlemen, this has been our episode.